Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. <laughs> Welcome to today's episode, everyone. My name is Bobo and I am your host and I'm with the beautiful Flex. It is me. Hello, everyone. And I am your resident optimistic nihilist, reminding you every day of your mortality and the urgency to get your titty sucked and live your best life. And Flex is here as... The person who's encouraging you to facilitate your own nut, do your Googles and be better than you were yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) That is absolutely the summary, the slogan, and the mantra of this podcast. Today, we're trying out a fairly new concept. We have no topic. Can you imagine? We have no topic. This is going to be just a chit chat. So I hope you enjoy. And let's dive right into it. Flex, how are you doing today? I am... I'm not, I'm not this gonna... hesitation is long. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm... what did he do, sis? No, I'm not. I'm not bad, but I just am struggling. This Mercury mm. retrograde. Um, who knows if my problems are astrological? But it's just the same Always. old shit. Every flight I get on is delayed. Every job I book comes with three pages of miscommunication. Like oh every time I order Uber, like there's a problem with the food, or they've cancelled my order. It's just a lot. And today I've got to go to work um, to interview someone. And naturally I've been given like no information, super last minute. And they want me to be enthusiastic about it. And it's like, I can't. Like preparation is <laughs> yeah. next to enthusiasm for me. I can't walk in and pretend How that sweet. I'm happy to look a fool on um, live <laughs> video. So <laughs> it's all of that. But it's, see how what I mean? It's like not bad. It's just not ideal. Yeah, that does sound like some... Mercury in retro. I didn't even know. Well, that explains a lot. I didn't even realize Mercury was in retrograde. We'll enjoy um, it. Now you know you can't unknow. And I do yeah, feel like it honestly. is, like we say every episode, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because once you yeah. know, it becomes a justification. And that's not For fair. everything. I mean, I want to shout out to our Facebook group today because you niggas saved my life. Like... I owe all of you money. Like, who do I have to deposit right now? <laughs> I literally <laughs> woke up this morning and had a UTI. So I was absolutely screaming. So, of course, instead of going to WebMD or going to the doctor, I went to my local therapist, the Facebook group. <laughs> and I was like, guys, I'm literally screaming. I'm about to die. I have a UTI. Should I just write it out or do I have to go to the doctor? The dilemma. I don't think people understand what healthcare is like in the US. Like, I don't think... Well, unless you're, like, rich, which I'm not. (laughs) So when you're not rich, healthcare is the ghetto. And so the dilemma was... Do I go and pay hundreds of dollars, literally hundreds of dollars, I'm not exaggerating. Do I go and I pay hundreds of dollars just for a 10 minute consultation where man's is going to be like, so what's wrong? And I'm going to be like, I have a UTI. Then he's going to be like, okay, cool. That sounds about um, right. <laughs> go pee. Yeah, he'll be like, that sounds about right. Go pee. Um, let me know how that goes. And then he'll be like, yeah, you have a UTI. And for that 15 minutes, hundreds of dollars, hundreds of dollars. And then I have to go pay an extra like $80 for the antibiotic, like the ghetto. It's absolutely ghetto. So I was just like, should I just write it out and maybe die? Or what are y'all's natural remedies? So everyone was like, take off your clown suit, go Mm -hmm. to the doctor. But here are also some remedies so um you guys have saved my life like if i'm still alive by sunday it's all you so you know thank you thank you for that it's actually such a shame because i associate utis with one of the worst times in my life i think i've had two (laughs) (laughs) this the first one i got it from holding my pee 
And my mum warned me about this my whole life and I didn't listen. Wow. But it was because when I was younger or when I was a teenager living in my family home, I had two older brothers. So I used to like camp out in front of the TV to watch my shit. And if I got up, they would swoop in and take the remote. So it was all strategic. Oh, and then from there, I just grew it. <laughs> Grew the ability to hold my pee for really long times. And then I remember I was in Taipei with my wife, Grace, and there was a bidet. But this bidet could wash your back and front. So I was like, what? How? <laughs> this could be a vibrator. So I was just playing with the bidet. <laughs> and the next day I got a UTI. And I was like, you know what? Maybe don't do that with a hotel bidet. <laughs> I'm actually yelling. Yeah, it's such I'm- a shame. Oh my god! So well, no, my UTI was also a result of masturbation, oh. as usual. You know, I didn't realize like you really should pee after you masturbate. Absolutely. But, so now I know, but as usual, I just fell asleep with my vibrator on my chest because <laughs> my vibrator is my husband. Like I don't know, I don't like my vibrator is my child. So I fell think asleep the husband that was better than saying your vibrator is your child. Oh but my that's god, okay, true. That's okay. <laughs> oh my god, I know, right? Um, my vibrator is my husband, so that nigga sleeps with me. I take that nigga out. Like we we just go back. Like we go back in time. But now I know to urinate after. After masturbating, let that be a lesson for all of you. And now everybody else knows as well. And also, um, with vibrator etiquette, I know a lot of people who don't own or use toy cleaner, as though <sighs> yeah. people are out here just doing a cute like warm water rinse and calling it a day. Can you imagine? Please get some antibacterial Mm-mm. toy cleaner. You can get it for ten dollars. It'll last you a lifetime. Spray Literally. it before use, spray it after use, and then also fucking douse your vibrator in boiling hot water. Every yes. fucking use. It's not worth the game. It's not worth it to get bacterial but vaginosis. And then also, so I was one of those people who hated going to the doctors purely because I don't know if it's like this, if it's like this for anywhere else, but in Australia or in Sydney specifically, if you go to the doctor in the day, you are competing with geriatric people, new mums, fucking like <laughs> <laughs> all those kids who've m- managed to leave school because they've got a headache. And so yeah. you'll book an appointment and be waiting there for three hours after your designated appointment time because Can you're not you a priority. Imagine? So I used to just dodge the doctors. But then I discovered that in my area, and I'm sure it exists in areas outside of my own, there are after-hours clinics that are open, you know, 24 hours. They're usually attached to hospitals. So you can go in. There's nobody there. The doctors are available. They take their time with you. And usually these after-hours clinics also have chemists next door, which are maybe not 24 hours, but close around 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. That saved my life. I will pull up to the doctors at 9 p.m. Get my shit sorted by 9.15. Oh, my God. I love that. Mm-hmm. So if you also hate the doctors, do that. I need an after-hours dentist, and then I'll start going. Why is healthcare in Australia so well-functioning? I mean, because they don't like, want their population like, to die. We're such a... <laughs> white Australia is such a new country that we still value <laughs> the population size to feed back into the economy. So... <laughs> Oh, I see. I see. It's all for the dollar. (laughs) It probably isn't, but who knows? They just want... Yeah. They're doing, like, mass population control in America. I was Googling the population size of America today. It's, like, 327 million. I said, are you sure? But that's what Google told me. And in my head, I'm like, that doesn't sound right to me at all. 327 million? Bitch, that's... Nah, Do you know what the population so of Australia means- is? 24.6 million as of 2017 in the whole but of Australia. America is so big, though. It's like, yeah, America's big as fuck. So it She's makes so sense, profound. but it doesn't make high? sense. <laughs> America's big as fuck. <laughs> I, know. I know it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense. But it makes sense that they're probably doing population control. Um, Do you want to hear something crazy? I'm ready. So you know how I said that um, America's population is like 327 million. Australia's is roughly 25 million. Well, Australia is 7 million square kilometers and America is 9 million square kilometers. So so tell me how that makes sense. Nah, something's happening. Something, (laughs) 
No, someone explain. I want answers right now. It's actually insane. I mean, I did see an infographic on Reddit. I don't know how credible this is, but they said that 90% of Australia's population lives in 10% of the landmass along the coast. So Mm. that could make a lot of sense. So America isn't that big. You've just squished, you've packed people in. Like everyone's just in New York. Like, (laughs) (laughs) wow. Let me Google that. How many people are in New York? How many people? I on if it says the population of New York is a hundred million, like I'm not surprised. Not not New York City, New York State. Google New York State. New York State. Nineteen point five four million. Almost as many people in Australia as there are in New York. And New York is a small, small little island, like just a tiny piece of land. There are more people in Texas and California, not combined separately, than there are in Australia. So, you know. Wow. Get to know it. (laughs) Is everyone just like having rabid sex? I don't understand. This is why Australia is just... Like, not Australia generally, but just Sydney. I'll walk through and be like, this is a ghost town. And now I understand. Because I never used to think that way. But once you leave the country and acknowledge that not everything has small town energy in a big city, it makes sense. Do you believe in overpopulation? Like, do you think that the world is overpopulated and everyone needs to stop having kids? Like, how do you feel? I don't know if we spoke about this ever, but when, when people were... What were we asking? I think... A couple of months ago, when we started having more climate change discussions, maybe in the Bobo and Flex Facebook group, and there was all this back and forth about, you know, whether overpopulation is real. People are using yeah. bum stats to um, to try and justify it. People are using real stats. But I did watch um, this TED Talk. I'll ch- maybe I'll link it in the group if I f- remember. But if I don't, you know what? There aren't that many TED Talks to go through about overpopulation. But he was saying essentially, like, people need to have kids to keep up with the demand of how our society functions. So if we stop having kids Mm. and there aren't enough people to work in the power plants, to work in retail stores, to drive the buses, to take the trash out. But fuck that shit. Like, (laughs) and so he's like, why are we having kids to to enslave humans? (laughs) So he said it would take a whole generational societal shift for that to be considered kind of like why we can't just give everybody an extra day you know a week or we can't take away an extra day because time accumulates in a certain way that it doesn't benefit the big money makers and the corporations so interesting but then you do you see that thing about microsoft where they were trialing the four hour i'm um, not four hour the four day work week yes and i saw that went up by like 40 percent and Blah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. and everyone was losing their minds. And everyone's like, well, of course, you have to squeeze your shit in in four days. <laughs> 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 of course, I'm going to work harder. <laughs> I hate how, like, in big 2019, we still frame everything around productivity. Mm. Like, I never hear anyone on social media talking about, I'm going to relax because I want to relax. It's always, I'm going to relax so that I can be more productive. Like, why is it everyday capitalism? Damn. Like, why couldn't we just have a four-day work week because that's the humane thing to do? Isn't it wild how, like... I'm going to speak on behalf of the 60-year-old white man. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> it's so wild to me how literally we're just all like cogs in a system. Mm-hmm. Like we are actually all just puppets. We're all just actors in a play. This is exactly it what we were talking about um, on the last episode with Makunda and, and Nyakwezi. It's like the more you know... Like, and the smarter you are and the more cognizant you are of the way the world works and sort of seeking information, the harder it gets to be. I was chill when I thought that I was benefiting only from capitalism. I get paid, (laughs) I get holidays, I get to buy nice things. Cool. (laughs) And now I'm like, they're using me. (laughs) (laughs) Now you're in an existential crisis. They want me to suffer. Am I happy or have I been conditioned to feel happy about money? <laughs> no, literally. It's so ghetto. It's honestly, I can't believe how ghetto society is. And we just, we just let this shit happen. Somebody tweet somebody. Society is ghetto. <laughs> like, what a hot take. 
<laughs> no, society's ghetto is fu- like I feel like Earth is the ghetto of the cosmos. Like oh. the aliens are like nah. that's why aliens haven't visited Earth. Because this is the ghetto. They're just I like, I really think nah, they've been and gone. Like, a few martyrs were like, you know what? Let me just check this shit out because yeah. the rumors are getting out of hand. They said foot <laughs> and they're like, nah, 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 no. <laughs> they were like, mm mm. Y'all niggas have swine flu? <laughs> nah. <laughs> they were like, capitalism? Nah. I can't be here. Mm-mm. On the topic, I wanted to Google the seven wonders of the world. We should do, we need to talk about that, but we'll get Ooh, to that later. Wait, what are the seven wonders of the world? Exactly. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like when we were young, I don't know about where you studied when you were younger, but when I was younger, we used to talk about the seven wonders of the world all the time. Like in really? primary school. Yeah, that shit was always front of mind. You know, oh the, my God, I've actually never heard this phrase ever. You've never heard of the life. seven wonders of the world. Never. Okay. Am I wow, living under a rock? seven wonders of the modern world and the ancient world. Okay, hold on. I've got Wikipedia. Let me Google. <laughs> okay, yes. Um, okay, the Grand Canyon. Uh, the Great Migration of Serengeti and Masai Mara. The Mayan mm. ruins. Uh, the internet. <laughs> the ice caps. Um, a marine monument in Hawaii. The old city of Jerusalem and Patala Place. Look, I don't know. Oh, the Great Barrier Reef is Mount okay. the Bermuda Triangle in there because oh, that shit hold on, blows hold my on. mind. Let me start again. I was reading the wrong list. I knew those didn't sound familiar. Okay, mm. the seven seven natural wonders of the world um, yeah. is the aurora in the Antarctic, the Grand Canyon, the Great Barrier Reef in Australia, mm. the Harbour of Rio de Janeiro in Brazil, Mount Everest. Um, how do you say that? A volcano in Mexico and Victoria Falls at the border of Zambia and Zimbabwe. But there are new wonders of the world. Wow, this shit gets updated frequently. Wow. So we've got to talk about that in a second because naturally we get into the No, I want to know. Well, because there's all this debate about how, you know, the pyramids existed and the Stonehenges and the great wonders of the can world. Can we discuss blah, that? Blah, blah. Can we can we discuss the pyramids <laughs> actually blow my mind? And I'm really a hotep, so I really don't believe that they were built by us mere mortals, like us Why not? frail little humans. We might have just been smarter. Maybe our sense of community directly translated into increased intelligence in those days. So fuck me up. <laughs> fuck me up right now. <laughs> Maybe it's all this rampant individualism that's directly affecting our ability to be intelligent. To level because up. Our single brains were only using what is it, ten percent of its, its capacity? You join Not that even. with your tribe of eight hundred, ten percent here, ten percent there, lock it together, you build a, a pyramid. I believe it. I think is that that's our potential, but what people are actually using <laughs> is like one percent. Oh. <laughs> we're keeping a G. Damn. Yeah, that's so unlike um, you to say. That's just some shit I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> that's their potential. <laughs> no. Oh my god, you're rubbing off on me. Mm-hmm. No, like actually, I think. Okay, no, I think you're right, but I also think we were, like, fourth-dimensional beings. Like, I just don't think back in the day... And here's my ho- here's my conspiracy theory. Bobo is okay. so high. She's like, I think we were fourth-dimensional humans. <laughs> back in the day, we were fourth-dimensional. Let me tell you. <laughs> I know, did they give me something? You know I got an injection, and it's like, what did you niggas put in there? They gave you laughing gas or something just to get they you out of their room. They actually did. I just, I have a theory. Well, this is actually, it's just a conspiracy theory that the ancient Egyptians who built the pyramids were actually from another dimension. So they were like here on this planet, but just existing in another realm. And then they died and then us humans came and that explains the pyramids. So and I believe it. So is this before or after the dinosaurs? This is after the dinosaurs. Wow. Yeah. It's like, it's. there's also a, a conspiracy theory about Atlantis and how Atlantis existed on a higher dimensional plane. <gasps> yeah, it, this shit is so interesting. Guys, please go. I know everyone is going to roast me and be like, <laughs> Bobo's on heroin. <laughs> Wait, isn't Atlantis fictional? Well, that's the tea. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it was a real ass city oh. on this planet. But it just existed like in a whole another. There's a whole like history of humanity <laughs> that existed in a whole other dimension, and I believe all of it. I'm fully there. Okay, so I'm on LiveScience.com, Live Science. Mm. I'm not sure which one. Yeah. But this article from the first of May, 2014, says solved how ancient Egyptians moved massive pyramid stones. Hmm. So, obviously, I can't read that now because why would we fact check? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know. Everyone, yeah, everyone research, like, ancient Egyptian pyramids and everyone read the ancient secret of the flower of life. It's really interesting. It's fascinating. Let's just all start reading mythology again. I When I studied yeah. Greek in high school, I really enjoyed Greek mythology. That shit just had meaning. There was some value. It really in it. did. Mm-hmm. Question on the topic of conspiracy theories. As I'm talking about my mythology. Thing. <laughs> she, said, <laughs> <laughs> she said, okay, next next myth. Next conspiracy. <laughs> I'm was the battle dead. of Troy real or not? Way in below. <laughs> Oh my god, don't do this. Um, do you ever wonder what happens to all these airplanes that disappear into the abyss? No. <laughs> I know it sounded insensitive, but no. How do how are you not wondering? Like hmm, or like when you go every time I get on a plane, I'm like, I'm next. Like I'm about to disappear into the abyss. The Bermuda Triangle, baby. Do not think about that. I'm sure there are a ton of those. Yeah. That's it. Just the Bermuda. Just Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, period. Is it like, are there aliens in that bitch? Like, are they, what's happening? Hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, they're saying that popular culture has attributed various disappearances to the paranormal activity by extraterrestrial beings. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Huh. So people are saying that there are paranormal explanations and natural explanations for why people have gone lost. A lot of people are saying it's just human error and they aren't tracking people or they haven't tracked and mapped the world or plane flight paths yeah. as well as they thought they did initially. So who knows? Wait, now you're breaking. You're breaking. What's happening? I'm what? You're, you were breaking. So you said a lot of people haven't tracked okay, what? Well, now, well, wait, now you're breaking up. What's happening? Help! Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's the aliens. They heard us talking <laughs> shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let's change the topic. ET <laughs> he heard us. And now... Shit. They've, ah, <laughs> now they're messing with our audience. Wow. Okay, next topic. T.I. <laughs> aliens, forgive us. Sorry, Aliens, we're talking about T.I., the potentially we're abusive about T.I. Now. but very cruel parent. So for those of you who do not know, because we'll, we'll do a quick recap because we can't be so presumptuous. Yeah, let's do a quick recap. Um, yeah. A couple of days ago, T.I., who is a rapper, for those who don't know, he was big in a, like the early 2000s but has fallen off since. If you've watched Rhythm and Flow on Netflix, he's on Rhythm and Flow. Not Spawn, but Netflix hit us up. So... T.I. was featuring on a podcast um, called Ladies Like Us uh, with two female hosts. And essentially the topic Mm. of conversation went on to him having daughters and how he raises them. And, you know, has he ever had the conversation of sex with his daughters? And, you know, how does that go? And he was explaining that he believes it's paramount that all parents have, you know, really detailed conversations about sex because you know, when it's too late, it's too late and your kid has yeah. gone astray and you can't bring them back um, from Satan's lair. And so they made a joke <laughs> and said, well, you know, how serious are you? Like, explain a conversation. He's like, I'm not even joking. Every year we take my oldest daughter, Deja, to the gynecologist um, office after her birthday to confirm that her hymen is still intact. Screaming. So let, let Screaming. us think about how horrifically abusive and cruel that is to like and for what but anyway let's continue so obviously not obviously but in response these two hosts laughed i think they thought that he might have been joking or over exaggerating for yeah i don't know comedic timing he was not 
He also then expressed that when he had went to the doctor for her for Deja's 16th birthday, that the doctor had said that, you know, your hymen, you know, doesn't really break. It's, you know, like elast, uh, a membrane with elasticity, so it can move and shift. And that can happen when you are horse riding or playing sports or doing gymnastics. Mm. Like it doesn't just happen through intercourse. And T.I. responded, she doesn't ride no horses. She doesn't do no gymnastics. So let's I'm check. crying. <laughs> Could you imagine? So R. Kelly has entered the chat. It's just it's just sickening and so sad. And so, you know, I in that moment I'm trying to understand why the host didn't feel comfortable enough to just, just to quickly and quietly check him or express their discomfort with that statement. I feel like they might not have been thinking about the like the severity of the situation and what he was suggesting that he was doing to his daughter. Um, And then also to counter that T.I. has a history of being quite vile to women, misogynistic, misogynistic, you know, to his own wife, you know, women he speaks about in his music. And it feels like his guilt is manifesting in a really bizarre way. Now he understands, you know, Mm. he is the kind of guy that he needs to quote unquote protect his daughter from. But instead of, you know, teaching, you know, men or like his boys or his sons that this is not appropriate behavior, he's now villainizing and almost like criminalizing his daughter. Because what would happen if she, if her hymen quote unquote broke? Like, let's leave it, like, do we even talk, we've already spoken about how virginity is a cooked patriarchal concept, but what would, like, in. Yeah, it's a myth. It's yeah. like not a real thing. What would he have done? Like, beat her ass and then what? <laughs> like, it's just, it's nonsensical. There's so much to unpack also because it's giving me very, like, incestuous vibes. There's something really mm-hmm. incestuous about taking your daughter to the gynecologist and insisting. It's just, like there's just so much insisting that you check her hymen, make sure this random little membrane that has nothing to do with anything is still intact. Like, what does mm-hmm. that do for him? So if it's not intact, what is he going to do? I just like, are you going to beat her? Like, I, I really... Mm. I wish the host, I mean, I didn't get to listen to the part. By the time I got to this news, they had already taken it down. Yeah. But I wish, I also think like part of the reason they were laughing is because like he's a celebrity and Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like we don't hold people in power accountable when we feel that they have power over us. Like, absolutely. It's just a weird power dynamic. I don't know. And I can imagine in that space and time when you've been confronted with something so cooked. Yeah. In order to try and articulate exactly how you feel, maintain, you know, your composure. Mm. You know, there are tons of reasons why it wasn't addressed in the way it could have. But also, um, Deja on Twitter, though she hadn't responded or commented on the situation, she was liking tweets that insinuated that his behaviour was violent, cruel and abusive and dangerous. And I could only imagine how you know, violated should feel knowing that that information has gone viral. It's just, it's too much. But more than that, there are actually men in these internets who are defending him. I posted this on Mm. my page. Um, Fuck, I saw that. Oh my God. Just about how disgusted I am. And this guy responded with, no one knows how T.I. conducts his day-to-day life. This is his child. Women who see this as a problem for men or fathers to be involved with their daughter's health are the same ones who say men ain't shit. Y'all need to get a life because most of y'all don't have a man who's willing to go the distance being involved and actually being physically and mentally present in your life. This man has internalized T.I.'s actions as <laughs> nurturing as caring and I need to understand because I think initially I thought he was joking I need to understand like how deep is your patriarchy like how deep is your toxicity that you can conflate policing and controlling with nurturing and caring like how how do those lines get blurred I don't what's happening with men it's bizarre. <clears throat> I'm glad in this situation that T.I. has outed himself and then through that a ton of men with <clears throat> mm, suspicious ideas on this have also outed themselves mm-hmm. because I guess this isn't a conversation we would have had otherwise. Yeah. And it is quite concerning that 
Although we can understand what what concerns me is the contradictory nature of actively sleeping with women, actively you know participating <gasps> in sex Don't and sex adjacent acts, yet expecting that your daughter is not going to have access to that same experience. And if she does, it's her fault as yeah. opposed to predators like you <laughs> no, and your No, literally. <laughs> and that's really the post that I was making is that it's so funny how T.I. has all the time and energy to police his daughter's vagina, but has zero time and energy to sit down with his boys meaning his friends, his sons, the male characters in his life, to talk about the ways that they're complicit in perpetuating rape culture. I don't know, but I also feel like our society as a whole plays a, a really big role in this type of behavior. The ways that we parent are really not conducive to like having healthy sexual conversations and healthy ideas about sex. It's just, I don't know, it's just disgusting. The inconsistencies jump the out time. with this and with most things. <clears throat> and I also wonder, because um, naturally we orbit liberal circles virtually, and so the outrage was quite clear. Mm. Um, but I also wonder if these conversations weren't being fueled by people, you know, with nuance, if it would have been picked up at all. Ooh, what do you mean by that? Because listening back to the podcast, wouldn't the host have admitted that and just been like, you know what, <laughs> like, let's not, let's not do this because we didn't check him. It looks bad yeah. on us. You know, let's just omit that and, and keep it pushing. They didn't do that. Then it got published. And then it was up for ages <laughs> yeah. before it was taken down. Like, it just feels as though it wasn't a big deal to people who don't run in liberal circles, mm. which is concerning. Well, yeah, it's not a big deal to people who don't run in liberal circles because the vast majority of people still believe in the flawed and illusory concept of virginity. The vast majority of people still attach women's values to historic and archaic ideas about purity. And the vast majority of people still see women as objects to be consumed as objects to be as objects of like trophies you know whereas men are independent i posted this on my story the other day that in society we see men as humans and women as females and like i feel like that is the underlying reason why society is the way it is in the context of gender like why do we police women in ways that we don't police men why do we have all these burdening expectations about virginity and purity but we don't hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. About men. Because when you're a woman, your entire identity is your gender. But when you're a man... You're literally a human, like you're still a human being. Your humanity is still intact. And I feel like that's so deeply embedded in our psyche. I don't know, the average person who's not unpacking anything about how they're living their lives, like why would they, why would they realize that there's anything wrong? Like, I wonder, do those hosts, were they laughing because they were uncomfortable or were they laughing because they're just like, yeah, another day in the life of being a human? <laughs> Like, is this just, like, regular? We'll never know. Yeah. I wonder if they'll make a statement about it. I doubt it. I doubt it. Hmm. I wonder if T.I. will make a oh, statement about it. Is this, um... Oh, okay. So they made, they made a statement on their Instagram pages. What did they say? I'm reading an article, so this might be paraphrased. Yeah. But they addressed the backlash and apologized for their, quote, knee-jerk reaction to the uncomfortable topic. We were completely caught off guard and shocked, and looking back, we should have reacted more much differently in the moment. The comments that were made and the reaction that followed are not in any way a reflection of our personal views on the topic. We support and love women and feel that their bodies are theirs to do as they wish. They also added that they feel deeply awful about the incident and take full accountability 
full accountability, sorry, for how they reacted. We know an apology doesn't make this go away, but we welcome the discussion. What do you think about that? I mean, look, if you said it was a knee-jerk reaction, then it was a knee-jerk reaction, I believe you. I know personally, very few people are in environments where they're confronted and have to respond in a way that perpetuates their beliefs. Like how many of you listening have ever been in environments where you've had to justify why you believe certain Mm. things, why you're a feminist, why you're this, why you're that. I feel like in moments like that, it is very hard to, you know, say it with your chest and justify why it's inappropriate, especially because someone like T.I., as you mentioned before, there is a power dynamic and he probably feels quite strongly about why he's doing it. He's an articulate, really well-read man. Man went to jail and just read for 10 years. <laughs> so, you know, he'll use the big words on you. Um, <laughs> I know. So I can imagine, you know, it was one of those situations where they felt as though they couldn't come correct, so they didn't come at all. Interesting. I imagine it's a very similar discussion for people who, you know, don't say the N-word, but then don't defend, don't confront people who yeah. do. Or people who don't confront transphobic or homophobic people because they aren't trans or part of the queer community and then don't know how they justify their argument. Um yeah, I mean, in this instance, I'd prefer if we, like, granted, I feel like there is, I like that they took accountability, yeah. but in this instance, like, let's just trash TI, um, yeah, and then focus on the host. <laughs> <laughs> because TI is the problem, and I can, I can easily see how this conversation, not this one we're having, but the one online could turn from what, why did TI say what he said to, well, why didn't the host check mm. in? He's also a grown man. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, something else I've been thinking about, and this is this is probably going to be a bit controversial, but in what ways does hip-hop as a culture reward and incentivize that type of behavior? Because I feel like when you're in a culture that really commodifies women... I don't feel like you can escape that sort of social conditioning. Like when I think about the cultural context of TI, it's kind of just not surprising. Do you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the music he makes, just like the spaces he occupies, the people he associates himself with, like which one of them respects women or even sees women as human beings? And then in that sense, like if we're going to if we're going to consume so much culture that commodifies women, can we really villainize the people who create it when we're the ones who reward their behavior? Do you know what I mean? Like, I guess what I'm saying is in what ways are we as women? In what ways are we complicit in T.I.'s behavior? Mm. Like he's been a fuckboy. He's been promoting through his music just this type of fuckboy rhetoric and we've been consuming it. He's managed to make millions and millions of dollars off of being a misogynistic fuckboy. So now when he turns around and he tells us that he's a fuckboy, how can we be mad at him? We've been rewarding him for, for being this way for for years now. T. It's really interesting. Like, in what ways does culture reward and incentivize all the parts of humanity that we disdain? I just think there needs to be a larger conversation about that. Mm, I'm trying to think about, yeah, how... Because I think... Because, yeah, we would be complicit in it in some way. It's really easy for us to dismiss music as just music, as just like, no, it's just fun music, like I'm just twerking in the club. But is it really... Like, it's never just music. Like I mean, but we, like, it's it's kind of hard to presume that when you're listening to ignorant, juvenile rap mm. that the person who is performing it has traditionalist, you know, <laughs> views like yeah. this. Like, these, these two are such polar opposites. You're talking, like, because inherently when you're talking about, like, you know, back that ass up on me in the club. Yeah. You know, that's like empowering. <laughs> it's like, yes, let me flex my sexuality in an environment where it would Wait, have been... Wait, but is it empowering? Being, like, I think it would be empowering coming from a woman, but a man telling me back that ass up, like, is it empowering though? Or is it, is it all perception? Or is it contextual? But it's all perception. So the nature of it, it's like, it's hard to believe that, but even if it's not empowering, even if it's just ignorant rap yeah. and it's jovial and we're having a good time, it is hard to believe that this same person is going to have such 
regressive traditional views on like sexuality. Is it though? Doesn't make any sense. Wait, why is that? Why is that <laughs> hard to believe? <laughs> Because no, but just because when you're in these environments and you're encouraging this rampant progressive types of sexuality where women can, you know, express themselves in a way that isn't just I'm this man's wife. He's like, no, I'm an individual being with tits and an yeah. ass, and I'm going to shake it for a coin or not because I want to. Yeah. And then humoring that or supporting that or condoning that behavior, but then in your house you're like, oh, but let's check if that hymen's intact. Mm. Huh. <laughs> Like, didn't you just pay some girl to fuck you and now you want to check if your daughter's hymen's intact? <laughs> but that's the type of dissonance that is rampant in, like, toxic masculinity. It's really interesting. Do you... Um, I think this was sometime last month. Remy Ma was getting obliterated mm. on Twitter <laughs> because of what she said yeah, about being raped. Please pull it up because... And I had a really long conversation with my boyfriend about it. <laughs> Please pull up exactly what she said. I don't even want to paraphrase. Okay, so here is the headline on usatoday.com. Mm. Remy Ma slammed for comparing sexual assault victims who seek compensation to prostitutes. Yes. So she said, uh, if you rape my sister, my daughter, my anything, I don't want your money. Worst case scenario, I want something to happen to you so that you're removed from being able to do that to something else, someone mm. else. She said, uh, so an attorney said some people feel like that's the compensation they want, suggesting that some survivors seek payment for emotional distress, therapy and loss of income due to trauma. She disagreed, reiterating, that's called prostitution. (laughs) It seems like in a lot of these alleged sexual assault cases, the women are asking for money. Hey, give me money and I'll feel better. To me, in any exchange with sexual acts of being compensated with money, that's prostitution. Can you imagine? Um, Then Joe Budden, which is so bizarre for him to be a voice of reason, he said, you have to agree to the sex for it to be prostitution. Um... And somebody else on the panel agreed that her remark was gross simplification. So it's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I watched that episode and I was actually not surprised. I was just like, yeah, this is the type of thing Remy Ma would say. Internalized misogyny is sad. And also, like, I'm not expecting everybody who identifies as a woman to be on this train of womanhood and sisterhood and whatever, just because... But it is concerning that on a panel discussing something as, you know, horrifying and traumatic as sexual assault, that the woman on the panel is the only one without nuance. It's literally. And it's all the men who are trying to explain to her ways in which... She's being that, problematic. Ways in which... Yeah. It's it's really a tough pill to swallow. But isn't she the same woman that shot her assistant <laughs> for allegedly stealing five grand of her? $3,000. Like, so, she shot someone yeah. in the stomach because they owed her $3,000. Yeah, so there you go. You know what I mean? It's just... I hate it. Honestly, I just think society as a whole really is trash and really glamorizes, romanticizes, rewards, and encourages all of the behavior that we frown upon. And I wonder, like, when are we going to stop with the dissonance? Like, when... When are we really going to start critiquing our cultural landscape? I don't know. There's just so many contradictions that jump out. On one hand, it's like violence is bad. But then every day we glamorize and romanticize violence in music videos, in movies, in this and this and that. When when do we stop with the dissonance and take responsibility and ownership for the ways that we're fucking Mm. up society? There are so many contradictory narratives happening, like, even online as we speak. Literally. Like, in one hand, you've got the whole, you know, everyone needs to be genuine, authentic, transparent, speak your mind, free speech, let's have, con- like, you know, constructive Listen. conversation. <laughs> in the same vein, it's like, don't say everything you feel. Shield people from, you know, your problematic Suffer views. Suffer in silence. So, <laughs> exactly. So, in this instance, like, although what she's saying is so sus, mm. It is starting a very necessary conversation on why this woman would say something like, I don't want to talk about rape because people always think I'm a woman basher. Okay, well, let's have this conversation as to why you have such, you know, regressive views on sexual assault and rape and why you can't understand ways in which women shouldn't be held, um, like, shouldn't be villainized for ways in which they want to receive compensation for trauma. Yeah, no, (laughs) literally. Can we talk about that? What's also scary... And it's important to me... No, go go on. on. 
it's also important to me to understand the way people around me view topics like this. Yeah. No, I want to know if you're here being like, yeah, of course, she's a gold digger because she got raped and wanted someone to pay her out. Like, I'm going to want to know that. Ooh. It's important. It is. Like, it, it doesn't serve me to not know that somebody has these views on the topic. And because for all intents and purposes, we might never have this conversation about compensation after assault yeah. because, no, literally. you know, we it, it might not happen to either of us. So if we can use this conversation as a jumping off point, I want to hear what somebody's views are, especially if they're not fully formed and they're not um, well, they've never researched been challenged. or educated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's scary is that she's a mother. So mm. she... And this... Let's get controversial. <laughs> I remember asking on my Instagram stories, should parenting be a human right or should parenting be a luxury? I want to get into this. Do you think that everyone should have the right to bring humans into this world or should someone like Remy Ma be told, listen, you don't have the range? <laughs> should someone like T.I., should he have been told, listen, you didn't pass the test, you cannot have kids. We're castrating you. Or whatever it is. <laughs> oh. I mean, do we have to make the distinction between actually giving birth and parenting? I think like There are some so. people who give birth that aren't good parents and some people who don't give birth and are great parents. I just mean like parenting. Like, should you be allowed to raise a human being if you don't have the range or if you are by whatever standard and we can discuss that if you are by whatever standard toxic or harmful to the well-being of that child like what are your thoughts on that i'm trying to think because if we're going to police okay so if we're saying hypothetically that because you are a toxic or harmful person Mm. you can't you shouldn't be able to bear or raise children. Then what about the effect your toxicity has on living people? Should you now have to die? Like, it's almost like (laughs) how... What do you mean the effect? Who who are we protecting? Okay, so hypothetically, if you're saying Remy Ma shouldn't have been able to have a kid because she's super problematic and toxic, her toxicity affects real living people who are alive now, who are just as... Who are as... Who are just... Why can't I phrase this? Who are just as important as effectively just as a human as this new child should be. So if we're going to police her behavior in contrast to her parenting, Mm. we've got to police her behavior in contrast to her being a member of society. Yeah. Well, I guess the argument is prevention is better than cure. So if you're already... (laughs) If you're already (laughs) T.I. Yeah, so if you're already TI, and by the way, I don't have an opinion on this at all, but I think about it all the time. I just don't ever talk about it with anyone because I know how sensitive it is. But at this point, mm. like I've been dragged so many times on the internet, I might as well talk about it here. Um, <laughs> so the, the argument is that, well, prevention is better than cure. And mm-hmm. if you're already TI, you're already annoying to society must you now bring another person that you have to, you're tethered to them basically for minimum 18 years, but generally for the rest of their lives. And you have the biggest impact on the well-being of that person. Is it ethical to allow you to have a child or to parent a mm. child? And I remember asking this on my story And most people were like, oh, my God, we should never be policing anyone. We need to allow everyone to have a to have a child. And parenting is a human right. It's not a luxury. But then I asked the question, well, when you adopt a child, you have to jump through hoops. You just Mm. the amount of background screening that has to happen Mm. before you adopt a child is wild. But the contradictions jump out because there's absolutely zero screening when it comes to bringing and parenting Mm. a new human being. So why do we not keep the same energy for adoption and childbearing? And I don't have an opinion. That's a great consideration. But I think it's something that we should be like thinking about and talking about in society without getting defensive about it. 
Mm. Also, with that in mind, though, the benchmarkers for what's acceptable behaviour change so frequently that I'm not sure we could effectively screen a person. I know. Do you know? Yeah, I mean, like no, how I agree. ten years ago, things that are you know completely insensitive and cause for cancelling were behaviours that we were all normalising oh and all God, advocating yeah. for. So I'm wondering, you know, how who's going to be like what rules or what people, what board members or committees do we put in place to make sure that the standards of excellence for potential parenting move with society. I think the problem is that all societal standards are rooted in capitalism. So the markers of what success, intelligence, morality are, are measured by old white men who really only care about economic gain. So I feel like if we were to have standards of what is a good person or what type of person is good enough to be a parent no black person would ever pass the test. Like, it would be inherently racist. It would be inherently classist. So, I don't know. It's wild. So, that's the thing. With that in mind, it's just like we got to promote autonomy. It's. I don't think it's neither a privilege or a right. Ooh. It's just a circumstance. <laughs> <laughs> and the privilege or the right reveals itself afterwards. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. Well, it's kind of like what China was doing with the two-child policy. Was that... Wasn't that one child? It was two kids. You're only allowed to have okay. two kids. And then there were also some parts of India where you... Just like bringing a girl into the world is just um, very much frowned Wait, upon. It's two child and then one child policy. Oh, they had a one Wait. child policy. Oh, no. One child policy is gone, but the two child policy exists. Yeah. So then I wonder, like... Is that ethical or is that infringing on people's autonomy? And then I wonder, what, why do we need all this autonomy anyway? Do we really need autonomy and freedom? You tried it. <laughs> why do you always take it there? Also, listen to this article on Reuters, though. Mm. So it says that the um, a province in China considers three a three-child policy to halt population decline. Um, so there's this province um, that's planning to loosen birth restrictions and allow some people to have three children in a bid to improve dwindling fertility rates and stop its workforce from declining. That's what I was saying about the tech yeah. talk. It's all about the workforce. Always about capitalism. Um, so, yeah, China introduced a one-child policy in 78, but relaxed restrictions in 2016 to allow all couples to have two children as it tried to rebalance its rapidly aging population. Interesting. But also, like, how do you enforce that law? So if I accidentally have twins... What what must happen? Um, it's really wild. If you have twins <laughs> in China. Wow, it's been asked before. Yeah. Okay, so that's not a problem. While many stress the one-child component of the policy, it's better to understand that it's a one-birth-per-family rule. In other words, if a woman gives birth to, tr- to twins or triplets in one birthing, she won't be penalised in any way. Okay, cool. I see. A bit, look, it's, it's a two-child policy anyway yeah. now, so you're sorted. Wow, I love learning. Right? (laughs) The internet is so crazy. She just pops up and you read it. (laughs) All this knowledge, but people choose to say ignorant. Isn't that wild to you? I love it. People suck. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the moral. On the topic of people sucking, we've been wanting to talk about this for ages, but do we stop the episode here or do we talk about the men who won't date women? Let's get into it a little bit because we're 55 minutes in and then, you know, it'll be our next episode. Okay, let's just get into it. So, Mm. a couple of months ago, there was this um, Excel infograph circulating on Reddit and Twitter, um, which showed (laughs) an XY graph of Leo DiCaprio aging Mm. and how he's never dated a woman under 25. So, when he was 25 to now being 44, 45, mm. all of his partners and rumored girlfriends have been under the age of 25. So mm. it begs the question how has this happened? Why is this socially acceptable? Why has it taken this long for anyone to clock him and to call him out his oh. name? And also, who are the other suspicious men in Hollywood who them. have an affinity for young children? Now, of course, I don't know if people are aware of this, but there's actually we'll get into that in a second but so there's drake and millie bobby brown you heard yes, of that right yeah 
So Millie Bobby Brown was doing an interview in which she stated that, you know, she received a text from Drake saying, I miss you so much. And she said, I miss you too. And how they're really, really great friends. And, um, you know, he helps her out so much with advice and things like that. And naturally, when she expressed this, she didn't expect the internet to blow up, but it did. She responded in a shady Instagram story post saying, y'all are weird as fuck or something. Oh, my God. (laughs) Something to that... um, to that vein but it begged the question Drake was 31 at the time and Millie Bobby Brown was 14 <gasps> and so Wait, I didn't realize she that was is that young hu- yeah that is a huge huge gap and a huge consideration for Mm-mm. what this man is doing nah. texting a minor saying that he misses her number one how is your friendship forged how is it continuing how are she went on to say that you know he gives her he gives her boy advice. You know, they always catch up and talk about TV shows. It's fucking suspicious. Nah. And what's also concerning is the amount of people who didn't... Like, it just... It blew up for a day and then it stopped. And with this being said, Drake has also been rumoured to have been dating a girl this year who's 18 and he had known her since she was 16. So there is a lot I... to be said about grooming people until they're of the age of consent and then swooping the fuck in. What do you want with these children? Jamie Foxx, another one. I was going to say one. Jamie Mans Fox, is, what, 51? 51 or so dating a 19 year old who's just moved into his home (gasps) when he was asked about the dynamics of this relationship he said that you know he's always out here scouting musicians it's not romantic but you know he finds that if you if literally if you give these young people a place to live so they can focus on their creativity they make better music he said he did the same thing for ed sheeran allegedly when ed sheeran was coming up um so it shouldn't be weird he said that he didn't know that she was as young as she was nah. and that he thought she was 21 no so he was he was bringing her to the club and then uh, a facebook post that her mum made a few years ago was circulating in which she said that she was 17 two years ago so with that in mind jamie says she's not allowed to go to the club anymore but they still live together can, can i get you, a huh how are you living together but they're not having sex does jamie fox think rabubu the fool am i Come a clown on now it's just, and it's almost like when these stories pop up, people are like, oh, that's fucking weird. And then it goes away. Let's talk about Diddy. P. Diddy, Puff Daddy, whatever you want to call Don't him. Don't do this. He is, dating, he is dating his son's ex-girlfriend, who is 22. So not only are you, how wait, many, wait, like, wait, years old? Pause, please pause. I, I, I just need to wrap my head around that fact. Mm-hmm. P. Diddy... Mm-hmm is dating yes, his 49 years old at his big yeah. big big uncle diddy uncle yeah. uncle diddy mm-hmm. is dating his son's ex-girlfriend dating Lori harvey i just don't know so what to do anymore it just is a concern and I'm trying to understand because obviously this brings us into like a greater discussion about the normalization of grooming young women until they're of a legal age and then swooping in. I mean, we can talk about Tiger and Kylie Jenner, but nobody wants to talk oh. about that. No, we need to talk she about was it. Groomed. We need to talk about it. <laughs> it's just really bizarre to me how these very like, it's just like how people are, the only reason they're curbing their sexual appetite towards children is because it's illegal. But if not for that, these grown men would be comfortably pursuing children. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think pedophilia is completely, has been completely normalized. And I think there's something to be said about men in positions of power and their pursuit of dominance in romance. And I think there's a, a very interesting link with the normalization of pedophilia and incel culture. And you know what? There's just so much to unpack. I don't even know where to begin. I knew this needed to be a full episode. I felt this it in my is, system. So this is going to be our next episode. We're going to unpack <laughs> the normalization of pedophilia. Um, I actually came across a really interesting article that was written by a pedophilian what do we call them but yeah he wrote literally like a dissertation about why we need to normalize it 
Um, he says that consent is a fallacy. He says because we police children in so many other ways without their consent, why am I not allowed mm. to have sex with them? That's the Whoa. logic. Let me actually read you a direct quote from his thesis. And then we will go on to unpack um we'll go on to unpack this this line of thinking. This is what he says. We eat animals without their consent, so why can't we screw them? Children, especially young children, consent to little of what we subject them to, so why shouldn't we just let people have sex with them? Oh my god. So we we're going to unpack um and there's actually a whole community of pedophiles on Twitter. They call themselves what's what are they called again? They call themselves maps, minor attracted persons. Um, they also refer to themselves as protectors of children and anti-abuse activists. Oh my god! And they're probably also like your ex ex flings on yeah. Twitter. Think about all the twenty, the late twenty year old men who were pursuing you when you were sixteen, fifteen, oh, yeah. and you thought you were so slick, so mature. Oh, that's what they have. They want a real woman. <laughs> that's what the, we've all been there. We've all when you were we've a all teenager been had. Mm-hmm. That I remember when I was fourteen, this twenty-eight year old guy, fucking creepy family friends. Listen, mm-hmm. had me convinced that I was just mature for my age. Meanwhile, man's is trying to fuck, and I really yeah. didn't clock like my tiny little fourteen-year-old brain didn't clock. But what's more alarming to me is that there's a whole community on Twitter of these minor attracted persons. They literally have a whole community dedicated to themselves. They they refer to themselves as mon- marginalized as a marginalized community, but the irony is not lost on me that Twitter will delete you real quick if you use the phrase white people. That <laughs> pedophile yep. communities are running rampant. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting. And for the sake of this discussion. We are viewing pedophilia as a crime and not a kink. Yes. We could get into that distinction later yeah. on. So let us freely talk shit. Literally. <laughs> until yeah. we talk about the nuance of this topic. Uh, because it's a lot. There's a lot to And I'm surprised that it's not discussed more often. Especially when people, like, we are so obsessed with celebrity culture. Yes. We know when their birthdays are, who they dated, what their businesses are called, what their hit songs are, all the lyrics. But when it comes to these quite distinctive, like, suspicious facets of their lives Mm. that we just don't want to touch. Like, you know what? It blows my mind. We will have to do a full episode on it because... It, there are there are layers to it that need to be discussed. But for those of you listening, if there are specific cases that you want us to discuss, or not cases, but specific, I guess, facets of pedophilia. Like I was reading about um, how there's a lot of child pornography, hentai porn in anime. Wow. My brain's fucked up, but rearrange that sentence so it makes sense. And how there's a lot of like normalized accepted child pornography in hentai because of various reasons. Oh, yeah. Well, also, if you, you know, if you just go on Pornhub right now, the most watched category is incest. It's those stepdaughter fucks stepdaughter. his stepdaddy. <laughs> yeah, like... Yeah. yeah. And there's also a rise in incest porn with the election of Trump. So I'd also like to, <gasps> in this essay, I will. Um, <laughs> you know, I just, it, it just all makes sense. Um, it does. We're going to unpack all of oh that. Oh my goodness. How Trump has mm-hmm. invented pedophilia. No, I'm kidding. But... <laughs> But if you die before the next episode, no, I, I will have to replace you. <laughs> also, before we wrap this episode up, we're not going to discuss it. I'm just going to leave it with you to simmer. I was Googling the age of consent um, on worldpopulationreview.com. This is from a 2019 census. And I just want to read out the age of consent for five countries, mm. just so you get a good idea of what we're dealing yes. with and how in a lot of places... Sleeping with people under the age of 15 is normalized, if not encouraged. Yeah. 
The age of consent in Nigeria is 11. No, you're like, no, 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 do not. The age of consent, and this is like, this is from worldpopulationreview.com. So, oh my God. you know, who knows? <laughs> the age of consent in the Philippines is 12. <gasps> the age of consent in Angola is 12. Oh the age of consent in Japan is 13. <gasps> the age of consent in South Korea is 13. And we will discuss this in the next episode. With that being said, we will see you in the next episode. We are very excited. We're very hyped. There's a lot to discuss. Hit us up in our Facebook group at Bobo and Flex on Facebook. You will find it in the description box below. Follow us on Instagram and follow us on Twitter. Everything, all of our handles is Bobo and Flex. We'd love to continue this discussion. Let us know what you thought of this format of conversation. We talked about everything from aliens to healthcare in Australia to who built the fucking pyramids to R. Kelly and T.I. to the normalization of pedophilia. Hope you enjoyed this cocktail of conversation and we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye. Farewell. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.